0: Hi, I'm Roy Dawn Chong, and you're listening to Radio Eight Ball with Andras
1: Jones.
2: Radio Eight Ball, give us a shake. from our friends synchronicity and now it's time for
3: Welcome back to Radio 8-Ball. I'm your host, Andras Jones, and this is the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards and joining us in the studio today to provide the oracle fodder for our musical divinations. We have the fantastic genius
0: Uh. Inara George. (laughs) Thank you very much.
3: Uh, if you want to know why I use the word genius, aside from the fact that she just may be one, you should tune into our last podcast and hear that she does not like using that word. <laughs> and I'm just being a jerk. No, no.
0: no. You can use it when you're referring to me. Oh, oh okay. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
3: And we are joined on stage, on the mic, by an actor and a writer who has known Inara for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. she He was on her list of people she wanted invited to the show to be a guest. And here he is, Philip Littell.
4: And you said it right. Ah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Welcome to Radio 8 Ball with your shining eyes and your magnificent beard. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was work. <laughs> yes, I, I imagine. I've tried. I could never achieve that. Ah. You. Yeah. I, so for the, we'll take a picture so people are who are tuning in can actually see what we're talking about. So, uh, so you have you've known Inara for a long time. Yes, yeah, since Inara was five. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. What
3: like was what? How did you meet at that
4: point? Were you well, a friend uh, of the family? Were you uh, Inara's mom brought her to a children's improvisation class that I was teaching.
0: What oh, was that? Oh, I, didn't even, I don't even know this story. You, didn't, I do, you don't the, even know that, huh? No, I thought it was just from um, Midsummer Night's Dream or something. No, no. Oh, really? No,
4: and you sort of sat there on the sidelines until you were ready to play. Wow. And then you really played. Wow,
0: I didn't know that.
4: Yeah, and wow. Ian Flanders and I brought you in to play.
0: Wow. we yeah. we I grew up doing plays at the Theatrical Botanicum and that's where I met Philip and then we've known each other since then. Yeah, because so. it
4: was just we went straight to friends.
0: Yes. And
3: how long were you in the theater program there?
0: Well, I mean, I I grew up doing it, and then I went to college to do theater, and then and then I think where we really sort of bonded is Philip yeah. is an amazing um, playwright and 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 musician writer. I mean, I guess librettist is well, yeah. Is, well, librettist, yeah, is what they, I, yeah, they call it that sometimes. They call it that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I because also I think of you as like a songwriter. Just That's
4: how I think of myself because yes. that that word libretto. Oh God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but so he had this beautiful play called um, The Wandering Whore, which I was able to be a part of, and it was in like night. What is it? Nineteen 19- ninety
4: four, something like that. Oh my God, it- was a long time ago.
0: Yeah, ninety four. And so I was in the production, and then you know forever we stayed. And then I did another play, the No Miracle, with you and mm-hmm. Michael. And, um, and Phillip's an amazing, amazing writer. If you don't, well, I guess you'd suck hard, no one can really look you up.
4: No, it's, it's it's, it's, the, it's, it's obscure. It has to be playing.
0: You have to go and see it.
4: You
3: wrote a musical called The Wandering Horror? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that,
4: that, <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 was, I mean, you know, I can give you my Google stats, but nothing. No, it, that's <laughs> that, you know, that's like opera and stuff like that. The
3: yeah. one long piece, the theatrical thing that I've written, is also has horror in the title. So oh, I what just is that? Oh, well, that it's S- smart. It's a, it's a it's a film called Band of Horrors. Well, actually, I was da- I dated someone who did that work um oh, yeah. and i would like she would tour and i would watch they would do a lot of the things that she had to do were the same things that i had to do when i was touring as a musician so i just thought wow. oh there's an interesting parallel there that's really but interesting.
4: i'm really excited to well, find I, out about the you,
0: i mean the wandering horror what is it it's the well turn it's it's, the it's kind of a it's a,
4: play a play snapshot it. of of the underworld of london early 1700s, and it's that moment when there were enough people in a city so that there could be the beginnings of gay culture. Uh, but that gay culture really is born in the culture of, of crime, of, mm-hmm. um, of prostitution, of, of, of all of that. So, uh, we grew the piece out of the little bits of DNA evidence in the... Ephemeral literature of the period. You know, there there were actually um, uh, manu- uh, guides printed of currently working prostitutes. With you know, they got graded. Uh, there was that kind of stuff being published and passed around.
0: Wow, and, I didn't know uh, that.
4: Yeah. So, so uh, and you know, sometimes it was just a name, and and we were able to grow a character out of the name, and. Uh,
3: what kind of stuff would be in the reviews? Pardon me.
4: Well, in the reviews that they—oh well—whether uh, she's fat, whether she does certain things well or not, or uh, I would think that the very main
3: thing—maybe uh, you're not even aware of it—but I would just think the main thing would just be cleanliness in that. Like, I, like
0: probably not the main thing actually. <laughs>
3: yeah. right. That's what I'd be looking for. <laughs> this is a dirty time. If I was a time traveler and I was trying to hook up in that time period, I would be. I would be. I don't think you'd want to do
0: that,
3: maybe. I probably wouldn't. Sounds Baths
0: weren't as prevalent. Well, it's,
4: it's, it's a world where people discovered life at night. Right. Yeah. That was brand new. Yeah. And not that bright, not that light. It was dark. Because it was that the beginning of gas the gas
3: lights and all that? Like oh, a, no. It's
4: way, way before oh, that. Oh, you're saying 17 Yeah. Month? No, you, oh. even, you, you hired people to light you through the streets. If you didn't want to get into serious trouble or step in stuff. Uh, well, uh, we should probably get into the musical divination. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
3: What is your question for the pop oracle? Oh, okay,
4: I, I was asking myself, uh, is America condemned to obey the dramatic rule of Chekhov's gun? Literally.
3: Do you want to tell
4: the listeners Chekhov's who are not Chekhov's gun. Aware? is a metaphor uh, that Chekhov used in in terms of of how to write a tight play. And he says basically if you hang up a gun on a wall in the first act, it's got to go off in the second. And it's so clear to me that America is full of first act guns hanging up. And are we really condemned to have every one of those guns go off? That's
0: a
3: powerful question. And I now
0: that about check that yeah, I think you've been told me.
3: That. <laughs> <laughs> and now to engage the pop oracle, you Philip Latell get to pick a, card any card. Pick, pick a, a card, card, any card. pick a card, any card.
2: Pick a card, any card. Pick
3: a card, oh, and it is song number 5, five which is Release me.
0: Oh. Huh. Okay. That's interesting.
2: My So won't you please 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 To be lighter, it's all on me to set this free. So, won't you please, 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 please,
1: please, 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 please,
2: The shadow of a man. Now I want to be the writer of this song. And a love, not just a longing. And a world that is just calling
3: Release me from Inara George. The answer to Philip Littell's question is: America doomed to basically live out Chekhov's dictum? To obey it. To obey Chekhov's dictum about uh, the gun that it's in the. If you set up a gun in the first act, it must go off in the second or third. Does it have to? Doesn't have to be. You didn't specify the second, really? Was it? Well,
4: it's it's it could I mean, happen at
3: it, the end it, of the play. Come put it off? I'm just, no, no. <laughs> no that's,
4: that's it. So that gun's got to go off. I mean, yeah. not everybody dies. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, know, gotta, it's not it's, like Shakespeare. Right.
3: <laughs> so, uh, so, Inara, you want to tell us a little bit about the background of
0: that song? Um, uh, well, that song, I wrote that song, actually, for my mom. Um, and it's, it's, it's her song to my dad, Being Left Behind. Um, but I mean, it is a song about, like, trying to be to let go of this, um, like, uh, destiny. You know, like you're like a destiny that's sort of been handed to you. Right. Which I think is really interesting. That it's that's pretty perfect. It is kind of a perfect song yeah. for that, of being of, of trying to change your, change your own life. You know,
4: mm-hmm. like what do you have to let go of? Yeah. In your own society yeah or who
3: oh philip is there anything else that you thought about that as the answer before i jump in with my
4: take I mean, on it uh, in terms of how the song worked
3: yeah and how the song answered
4: your question i thought it was very subtle in terms of of and sad it's like giving up a part of your character um your soul i think the gun is very much a part of the American soul. Um, and so I wasn't expecting the sadness to be felt because, you know, I have my head being all righteous, like, you know, turn in your guns, stop it, just turn them in. Um, but, you know, you're, you're saying goodbye to a culture.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think it's also interesting, like, Self, the self, the the self-fulfilled prophecies, right? That, uh-huh. I mean, even like the religious prophecy of of Armageddon, or something. Like, what are we? Are we? We are. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Right. Like,
4: I mean, why do we say these things? Yeah. And and relish them so much, you know? Why? I mean, half our friends are 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 stoned on conspiracy theories. Yeah. You know, it's. They can't get enough of them. And so what is that hunger? Yeah. Um <laughs>
3: <laughs> it reminded me of the feelings that I had on election day coming up uh a year mm-hmm. just uh, just a little under a year from now, uh a year back from now. Uh here we are on November sixth, twenty seventeen. And that feeling of release me like just like a like uh it's like that Paul Simon song, Wartime Prayers. Mm-hmm. Like, the prayers in wartime are different than the prayers in peacetime. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, in peacetime, we pray to have, our, to get a good job, or we pray to fall in love. In wartime, we pray to that our loved ones will survive, that we'll survive, that the world will survive, that, you know, and it, it had that tone of... I mean, it's interesting you're, when you tell, say that you wrote it for your mom and uh, for it's a morning song um, and I feel like that in a way I guess I feel like this is like the gun the gun in the first act is the initial crimes of this country is racism, is slavery is genocide, that what's happening now is the gun going off in the second act so in a way, we are living in that time of the, gu- of, of the gun going off. And, we are ha- and this song expresses that feeling of like, and again, it, I, I think it's kind of beautiful. Uh, you wrote it to your mom, right? So we're, we're in a way singing this to our ancestors who committed these, who, who committed, who lived these lives and committed these crimes and did these wrongs that we can't forgive. Like, I will always love you, but I'll never forgive you in a way that that's what we're saying to our to our uh, to our ancestors. And so that that's what I what it read for me is like this just this deep sadness of knowing that this has been coming for a long time that we didn't Donald Trump's not our first horrible example of America gone wrong. He's just the most glaring and modern one well he's america
4: gone stupid
2: yeah (laughs)
3: Uh,
4: i don't know we had a we've
3: had some pretty dumb you know it's like he i'm i'm with you but at the same time i i thought that w set a pretty fantastically low bar for intelligence as a president and (laughs) yes before that ronald reagan really did seem
4: like well he wasn't even there yeah he was like no he was in full-blown alzheimer's (laughs) halfway through right yeah so, so we
3: have we have a lot of examples of this it no but i mean I would, i'm talking up. about a stupid country yeah,
4: yeah. i'm a stupid country, well a fearful country i'm you know i'm i'm old enough now to have seen a real shift in how americans feel and the fearfulness is is i mean it's just so shocking to me um yeah and and uh, Ooh. It's, it's, yes. a, it's a well, lot this, to take on. Luckily, this is not the last one. No, <laughs> no. no. Oh no! So we don't, don't have to leave it on a high note. Listen, listen, no, I'm let's leave it on a low don't. note. You really shouldn't worry. You should <laughs> tune into some of the
3: shows in the past. We get a lot of blue lights. Like like show, I it's hopeful
0: though because because this song is for me about it's it's like seeing my mom go through her life, and you know, my mom. I don't. It, you know, it's like, it's one thing being the child of somebody that's, that's a lar- larger than life character, mm-hmm. um, uh, but to be the one left behind, because you, no matter how much you wanna move on, people constantly reminding you yeah. of how great he was. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, you know, so, so in some ways, I feel like this song is about really like moving on. Yeah. And so in terms of your question is like, I think it, it does sort of say it is possible but it's like we have to let it go. Like we we have to consciously like make decisions about taking it off the wall. And, you know. And as
4: you said, let go of how great we are for a while. Well, I
0: mean, I have to say, if there's one thing about this election, is that it's it's really put into perspective how much stuff I was not. Thinking about, or the whole country wasn't thinking about, and that some people continue to not think about it. But I think that if you were at all of any mindset that that America needed work, that we we needed to change. When this happened, it was like, oh no, we didn't need like we didn't need just like a like a clean like a you know vacuum clean. I mean, we needed to take everything out. Clean the whole room and then put everything back. Get rid of stuff. I mean, we had to do you know, a the bad news remodel. started
4: for me when Obama was elected, and I noticed a sudden uptick in in racist expression. Yeah, and uh, you know the Obama effect on 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 gun sales. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, and so in a way, Trump is just part two of this rage that's come up I mean it's like being you know you don't want to hear your house has termites but you really need to know
0: yeah (laughs) it's true because if you just pretend your whole house can be eaten, you know eaten in front of your eyes or actually not in front of your eyes you don't notice it until it's over
4: (laughs) and I can always beat up the south in my mind (laughs) you can always do what beat up the south
3: I don't know. It's like blaming those people for Mitch McConnell is like people in you know, France blaming me for Donald Trump. It's like, I didn't have much of a say in it. And I live in Washington, my vote didn't, I didn't get to vote really against Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton won there, even though, get mad at me, I voted for Jill Stein in Washington state. I, we're a progressive state, we can, it didn't affect the election, they don't have some doesn't have some <laughs> magical property that it flipped the votes in Ohio. Uh,
0: watch out oh no people get so
3: mad people get very mad but i just think it's great that i think it's great to ask a really tough question that makes us look at this the motto of the show is questions answered answers questioned which means we don't have to come on to uh, an actual solid answer here but being able to look at this with a group of people on stage and then people maybe listening to this and having to like weather this difficult conversation and to have these difficult feelings, I think that's part of it. we we got to look at that gun and figure out how it's going to be used in that second act. So that's what I thought.
4: Anyway, thanks, Philip. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you.
3: Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball on Feral Audio. If you'd like more information about the Pop Oracle, please check out our website at Radio8ball.com, where you can find out about upcoming shows, about asking your own question on the podcast, and about our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed on Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. Until next time...